Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, welcome to Remote Controlled, Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On this week's episode, we're talking to Hart Hansen, executive producer of Bones. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum, executive editor of TV at Variety. And I'm Michael Schneider, editor-at-large at Variety. And we're thrilled to welcome this week's guest, Hart Hansen, executive producer of Bones. And social influencer. Social media influencer. <laughs> social oh, I got it wrong. <laughs> well, I got, I got to say, Hart, I do enjoy you on the, on the Twitter, uh, on the social meds. Yeah. You're very good on the Twitter. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a very two minds about uh, Twitter. Uh, it's a lot of work, and then you get yelled at, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I, you know what I've been saying that for I think six years I've been on Twitter now and I've been of two minds about it the whole time. You seem to be enjoying yourself though. I, that, I think that's your job. And if you live in Hollywood, is to look like you're enjoying yourself on Twitter. Isn't that one of the? Because what are you going to do? Complain? Well, it sort of uh, came about around the same time that the the rise of the showrunner and the rise of sort of celebrity dumb with producers and writers. Yeah. And you know, you've you've been out there, you've been a face, and and you've become a little bit of a, a name. How have you adjusted to that? Um, I, I at first I thought it was uh, great, and about six months in, I thought, oh, this is a bad idea. This whole, I, I, in fact, um, that the movie, the showrunner's documentary you're referring to, is. Uh, it, I, every time I, I've seen it, I think, wow, I, I, I did not point at all the people who were doing the work during that. Um, I mean, I know it was about being a showrunner and what it's like, but uh, I started feeling like I had not given the props to the enough people who prop you up There's and uh, make it all possible. Hmm? There's always the sequel. The sequel, yeah. <laughs> Showrunners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, speaking of show Ranners, you, you returned to Bones for its final season. What made you decide to come back? I didn't come back. Um, um, it's been the... Uh, I mean, I've... Um I've said hi to the guys. There's been two showrunners. Uh, I mean, the, the fast version of the story is I, I went off to do, I was running Bones, went off to do The Finder uh, for 13 episodes, and my my friend and cohort, Stephen Nathan, stepped up and ran Bones while I was gone. I came back, and then a year later, a year and a half later, I did um, uh, Backstrom, left Stephen to run Bones, then came back and started running it again, and I realized this isn't fair to Stephen Nathan, who is one of my best friends as well. We're you know very copacetic creatively, but uh, he's one of my best friends, and he took it with. He didn't complain. He didn't wince at me. But you know, to uh, someone's running the show, and then they're not, and then they're running the show, and then they're not. So I thought, okay, 
um, if I'm going to go off and do something else, then he has to be. We just, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it was this much of a change. The final, who has the second final word as opposed to the final word, and, um, and left him to do that. And then when John and Michael, John Collier and Michael Peterson came in to run the show for the uh, 11th and um, the half 12th season, it was like, I. Uh, it, it was very painful to go back and look back. It was like looking up an old girlfriend on Facebook or something. Just don't. Just, <laughs> is, it, just, is it like kind of going back to high school after you graduated? It, 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 no, it was. Um, it's not that I've. Gra- I mean, I'm still work. I'm still working at the same level. It's like I went to another high school, but it's um, it's it's very bittersweet. It's very it's 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 painful. I was uh, texting to Emily uh, Deschanel about it. It's just like. Um, you know, uh, you should come to set more. It's like, if I go to set, uh, they will start asking me questions and giving me ideas as as we enjoyed very much when I was the, the showrunner. But it seemed like, no, those, those guys are running the show and I shouldn't. Uh, I, I've been in the situation where you're running the show and then you're not and then you're running the show and then you're not. And it's it's terrible. It's better to, you know, kind of be a distant step parent or something i should have come up with a better uh, metaphor for yeah. it but it's it's awkward and weird and 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 very painful how do you feel though about the show ending at all well you know um we were um uh, amazed when we got to finish a first season and then um we were amazed when we got were picked up for a second season we have never been a big giant hit we've just been a steady steady performer so the fact that we are now that bones is is fox's longest running hour long um scripted uh, show is like i it, i find it hard to complain that they've finally decided to um uh cancel the show uh, we outlasted, you know, the X Files and nine hundred two one zero and um, these legendary shows. So, um, and I think it makes it a bit easier for me not being there day in and day out um, for it to go away. But you know, I I haven't processed it. I haven't processed. You it. use the C word cancel. Does this feel like a cancellation, or does this feel sure. like? Yeah, um, sure. I mean, um, you can call it whatever you want, and it. You know what? Um, there's types of cancellation. One would be it would be to inform us after we had fi- shot the final episode. Yeah, you're done. It was like, oh, we would have done a better job if we'd known. We knew. We knew the end was coming. So that's a um, that's a pretty big gift. Um, so it's hard to be surety about it. It's hard. There, uh, there's a part of me that um, hopes that in a year, the um, the mucky mucks at uh, Fox will be going. Oh man, I wish we had bones to plug that hole. And I'm sure that will happen. But it's <laughs> I'm not very bitter about it. Well. Well, I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> this is the, the Michael Deborah character. Exactly. Very interesting exchange of looks between Michael and Deborah. Very, very. <laughs> well, because for sure it's a reliable performer, and there are fewer of those on the schedule. So yeah. I can't imagine, you know, I can imagine at some point they're going to be like, how about a Bones reunion movie? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. That would be wonderful. I, one of the, um, uh, I know from other shows, one of the great things about Bones is that, um, it, and it stems from our two leads, David and Emily. They decided 
really early in the process that they were going to like each other and get along and work together extremely well. And we've all heard the stories of um, of leads on shows drifting apart over the I time. can't imagine what you're talking about. Almost every show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I... Um, our show was never like that because those two, I, they bonded. They went to, um, in the first uh, couple seasons, they went to an acting coach together of their own volition um, uh, on the weekends. And these are people who are working 70-hour weeks, would go off and do this. And they've, they still like each other and are um, uh, to watch out for each other. And it's, it's unheard of. And, and if you know David and Emily, you would go, those two could not get along for a month. Never mind 12 years, but they've done it. What was the purpose of the the acting coach? Just to sort of work on chemistry or... Well, they had... I I have to say, I don't know. Um, uh, It seemed to me to be a bonding uh, thing Mm -hmm. where they... I think it was an excuse for the two of them to have a... Become the experts on their their characters. Um, uh, There was no downside to it for us. It would, it's not like they came back from the acting coach and said, we think this should happen now. There was no downside. They just developed rhythms with each other. I mean, you'd have to ask them what they did every Saturday. But uh, whatever it was, it just put them in sync. Um, I, you know what? I think they were in sync from the moment they did um, uh, read before the um, uh, did the auditions before the uh, network. It, you could tell that you don't let that kind of chemistry go away. Yeah. You do anything you can to keep. Well, I was going to say, because they're already such pros, both with so much experience already just coming into Bones. Yeah, well, especially David. I yeah. mean, I think David's going to, Boreanaz is going to go down in some sort of record books for number of sh- hit, hit shows he's Absolutely. had. I mean, he's, I think, this, is this his fourth series? Third, third or fourth? I mean, he's, he's, um, he's, He's going to be legendary if he if he does another series and it's, and it's success. Emily uh, had not quite she had a ton of in, independent film and um, artsier stuff. She was in you know a film called Glory Road. We were it was getting pretty down to the wire finding our lead. Um, um, uh, we had David um, and uh, David was doing ke- uh, reads chemistry reads with a number of actresses and I'm I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly it was a long time ago. Um, that um, Barry Josephson, who had just was had his uh, tentacles. Now nah, that's not nice. He's not tentacles. He had his, <laughs> he had his feelers. Feel, now nah, that's bad too. He had his antenna. How's that? Yeah. His antenna out all over town, and uh, to find he he knew what we needed. We we were pretty clear what we needed, and um, it was uh, Jerry Bruckheimer said you should read um, Emily Deschanel, and she just knocked it out of the park. Talk about the approach to the series finale. They're notoriously hard. Some shows have famously stuck the landing. Some shows have missed it. How do you even approach doing a series finale? Well, um, um, I had um, always had a an idea for what I thought the series finale would be because we were so close to being canceled all the time or not invited back. There must be a better word for it than not invited back. Um, that I had an idea of what the ending would be. And, and then, of course, it would shift. You know, it would be, uh, for example, we could have ended on their wedding. That would have been a good series finale for a friendly, mm-hmm. goofy, sure. comic procedural like ours. You can have a happy, happy um, ending. Um, then when that happened, I had another ending in mind. Um, they're not doing that. The um, um, the show went in a in a direction 
after I left that I wouldn't have gone in. And um, it's a perfectly good um, direction. It's a perfectly, it's the way you want things to happen is for people to make it their own. So um, I think they have a fantastic, you know, a fantastic idea for the um, season ender. It does, I, I don't want to say too much about it. David has had a desire since about the second or third episode <laughs> of Bones that I believe is coming to fruition in the uh, in the series ender that I would definitely also have done because if an, if, if an actor wants something so badly for many, many years, you try and give it to him if it doesn't um, wreck it, and Emily was all for it. Um, but um, they, they went in a different way than I would have gone. I mean, I, I, you know, when Stephen took over running the show, um, one of the decisions Stephen made um, that I advised against, and and again, it was like, your show, man, do what you want. I support you 100%. Uh, I would never have killed Sweets. I would never have, never have killed a character that was that, to me, so valuable that eh, he's going to be a big shot director and stuff, but maybe he'd come back mm-hmm. for things. Um, so that's, that, um, you know, sends you off in a direction. And then the way you use the squints and, and the, and the, you know, um, I had no plans, for example, to put Hodgins in a wheelchair. Um, so eventually the, the fabric that holds the show together, my ending wouldn't work now. They did exactly the right thing. They know what they're doing. John and, and, uh, Michael are, are great. Uh, but it wouldn't have been, I don't know if I've answered your question, but it's like um, I saw it. I went, way to go, guys. It's uh, fantastic. Um, and it, it wouldn't have been. It, I looked at the number of scenes. and went, I would never have written that many scenes because I wrote more uh, character stuff um, and um, or whatever reason it is. That's what I would assume. Um, and um, off they go. Well, that's where it must be tough to kind of let go of your baby, but still sort of sort of be there, you know. But 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 let go of the the day to day of of your baby. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, uh, it, it's 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 um, it's uh, truly awful. Um, I, I felt like it was time, and you know, new people with new ideas, been there a long time, and and all that stuff. But it's um, it's. Uh, I, I'm going to find some. I got to find some people who've done that and see how their experiences were. Because mine wasn't angry. Um, mine wasn't. Um, it, I didn't argue with the studio or the network or the actors, which is usually what would lead to a showrunner change. I had no unpleasantness. It was just um, a kind of an organic. Um, I can't. I can't keep going away and coming back to Bones as though it's my uh, safe place or something it just felt wrong well also there are shows that are just on long enough and bones you know luckily was on long enough that at some point you do move on and and some shows are on long enough that the original showrunner does move on yeah yeah i think it's um i mean i know it was um it was time to have i mean uh steven was so excited to run his own show after being my lieutenant uh, what do you say, uh, sec- uh, right hand man, for so long to get to be the guy who said yay or nay? It, it's a, it's a difference like this. I mean, Stephen and I co-ran that show, but in the end, if we had a difference of opinion, I would win because of the way the cards fell. Yeah. Um, but um, the minute he turned to be that guy, it was a, a great relief, but it was also awful. Is it really? Stephen's one of my best friends, but is he gonna, you're going to kill sweets. Really, you're gonna kill Swedes? You are okay, all right, and and, and then every other little. I wouldn't have cut it there. That music, I, you know, you start 
Well, did you ever? Someone, f- yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, did did you ever feel like you could pull rank at that point, though? If no. you really oh, yeah, felt it, passionate about, sure, you know, sure. But I just think it would have been wrong. And um, uh, I do think um, uh, I don't know if all showrunners feel this way, but uh, many times uh, I would feel like, oh, that writer is is better than I am. That's a better writer or a better showrunner. Um, people who knew their jobs better. It's like with editors, you go, oh, this guy's a better editor than I am. I'm not going to tell him how to edit this. But um, when you're the showrunner, it's your job. So it would be like, I'm sorry, all you five writers here who are better writers than me. It's still going to go the way. It's my job to make um, the, the decision. And uh, and then when it's not my job, you can whoever's job it is will be to make that decision. I just would. I wonder if I'd hated Stephen if I would have felt different. <laughs> that would have been a different show. That would have been a different thing, right? If I, he yeah, felt vindictive. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, show him. He thinks he can run. He did a great job. And the and the then the other painful thing, of course, is that um, I I truly didn't want it to happen. But really, when I stepped away from Bones, it wasn't like it was a disaster and no one could recover. The big machine kept going and kept making those episodes and uh, it's just bigger than it's way bigger than one little guy at the top saying i think we should cut out of this scene here well the show still has a hugely passionate fan base oh boy and you've tried one spinoff <laughs> as you know <laughs> would you ever consider doing another spinoff um the um the finder was uh, you know what i can remember thinking it was a good idea and it was such a bad idea um it, uh, it was um we uh fox uh, kevin riley um and i say this without um rancor he didn't like bones he it wasn't his kind of he has a darker sensibility uh, bones is a very Networky, I I would even say goofy show. It's fun, um, and that's not that wasn't Kevin's idea. Um, but he wanted another one. <laughs> so um, and I and I I had the Finder, and he he thought, what if we? Um, oh, and Emily was um, it was going to be a curtailed season because Emily had to um, uh, like many people do have to stop working when they have a baby um uh, a fact we never got across to the bones audience by the way so emily it was a it was a short season on um bones why not have the finder be a spin-off um and um all it did was make the bones people angry they were really ang- they I, I got social media i got why aren't you why are you uh, cheating on bones with the finder you should be putting all your effort into uh bones and it was a bad idea and there was just no way to convince people that uh, it it hadn't uh, finder wasn't taking away from bones um and uh but it was a bad idea and um i don't i wouldn't not i don't i'm not sure you could get me to i never say never but i'm not sure i would go do another 22 to 24 episodes a year network show. I, it, it, it's um, the people who have come to me with Bones spin-off ideas. Uh, I have said so far, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'll ever do 22, 24 episodes. Well, again. now when you say it's a bad idea, was it a bad idea to do the spin-off at all, or was just the the idea for the Finder ultimately not a good it, idea? It was. Ult- uh, I, I, uh, you mean the show, the Finder? Yeah. I, I, I'm. It's the only thing I'm bitter about in my show business career um, is that the Finder didn't get a little more of a chance. Yeah. Um, 
um, it's funny because I just looked at it again for the first time um, a couple weeks ago, looked at a few episodes, and I said, there is a network, successful network show here. Um, uh, so I think it was a good idea. Um, um, I certainly, again, uh, watching it again, I was like, oh, we're, you can see we're looking for the strengths of the series. I think we found it too late in that climate, and um, especially at Fox. But um, I, I wish we'd had a full order to prove ourselves. We uh, Finder only went for 13 episodes. My understanding is, I'm not supposed to know this, and it, so it could be false, that the Finder made its money, that it's not a loss for the network. So that it's sold enough to uh, be a profitable 13 episodes, which is a rare thing. And if it's a lie, I'm sorry, Fox, but I was... <laughs> I was I was I was muttered at from deep not not from you, um, deep inside the Fox um, uh, building that it had made its money. Your secret um, is safe with us. Yes, thanks. So don't tell anyone. Right, right. Uh, this, so, this isn't recording, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just doing this for fun. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> so I thought it was a good idea. It was a bad. Uh, it was a good series idea. It was a bad idea to, um, I'm going to saying this from the point of view of the Bones audience, foist it off on the Bones audience as a spinoff. Mm, yeah. They did not see it that way. Right, because it didn't need to be a Bones spinoff. It did not need, no. It absolutely did not. It was a, we, we again, from the Bones audience point of view, we callously and cynically tried to hook them um, with a uh, with a Bones crossover, a crossover with an episode uh, with a series that didn't yet exist, and it it didn't work. They they um, and it would never have occurred to me to see it that way. I thought it was a a great idea, and I still don't know why it wasn't a great idea. Except I know it really wasn't. Do you think a procedural could succeed in today's TV climate? Oh man, I don't know. Um, I. I'm going to say yes, because they're so durable. Um, they've been a staple of television for so long. Um, I guess um, uh, the, the harder question is, does TV continue to exist in a broadcasting mode where you are trying to appeal to a four-quadrants demo um, um, uh, and, you're, and a family on a night? Um, that might be done. In which case, shows like Bones, which cast a wide net, which are, um, you know, um, affable, um, not particularly edgy. You, you hope people like the characters, and um, there's a you, there's a few sensationalistic things in there, you know, like our dead bodies and the you know uh, David with his shirt off and and things like that that hook people. But um, I'm, I'm I will say I think there is there will be a version of procedurals that will always be out there. Whether or not they will be TV shows of 22 episodes, an hour-long episodic that goes for years and years, I, I wouldn't bet on it right now. And what do you think? You're in the... You're in the <laughs> it's tough. I agree with you. I think it's tough. I think audiences' tastes have changed. I mean, NCIS is a huge, huge mega hit, and it's a straight-ahead... Uh, procedural, um, but could you launch it today? I think that's the question. Yeah, I don't know how you launch anything. Um, I have t- I have two things in development, and all I think about is how are they going to rise above um, uh, the noise? What do you have in development? I, I can't. I, you can't say that and I not expect us to ask. <laughs> I, I, I have. I, I I'll t- I can describe them in general. Uh, but, okay. Um, one is a um, a science fiction, a classic science fiction. Um, 
intellectual property. Ah, so um, so some uh, IP. Uh, some IP, yes, that I'm I uh, jumped at to do, and I was delighted that they hired me. The people had the rights because I'm not exactly known for my science fiction. Um, and the so other broadcast is a, or outside of broadcast. It's um, outside of broadcast. Um, and um, I, I, again, I'm I. Uh, it would take a lot to get me to commit to do 22 to 24 episodes now. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is a um, is based on an, an Icelandic um, uh, murder mystery. I swore that I was not going to uh, ever do murder again. But here, um, Catherine Pope at Studio 8 um, said, look at this and, and see what you think. And I went, oh, I... I know how to adapt this for a North American audience in a way that, um, I mean, we've learned a few things about adapting, um, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, broad church we, and yeah. things like we've learned a We're, few things. Don't do a direct, don't, you know, it has to fit into the culture. It has to, there has to be corollaries within the culture. And this one had. Right. So this is, this is a Iceland TV show that's already been out there. Like a format. Yes. That's you're asking me now, you're going to get me into trouble. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. We'll stop it there. Thank but, you. um, uh, but, but that's always interesting to, to adapt things. And, you know, this we we live in a world where there most things are now adaptations yeah. uh ip like we mentioned what do you make of that sort of you know the the, the network's focusing so much on remakes reboots yeah. versus original i i'm yeah i have a small anecdote about this is that i i have a i i wrote uh, one of the first things i did when i left my overall deal at 20th was uh, i wanted to take a year and write a book see if i could write a book so i wrote a crime book i wrote an L.A. crime book, a genre book. Um, and, it, you know, it's going to get published. I'm very pleased. I got great blurbs and everything. But I was talking to my agent yesterday. He says, we've got some interest in turning into this into a TV series. And all I could think of was there's no way if I had gone and pitched this as a TV idea that anyone would do it. It would not happen. So I, I was uh, – I, I found that really interesting um, that um, – Everybody, if if it already exists as something, then it has theoretically a market attached to it. So why would you start something brand new if you could have something that had a an audience apparently attached to it? I think that's too bad because um, I'm going to say that uh, you know the the book I wrote that now people are interested in it turning into a TV series. I had probably. I'm old, a dozen ideas like that for TV series over the years that um, that uh, people were not interested in um, doing for various reasons. Either they were a PI or uh, you know, whatever reasons. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, so I think that's too bad. Um, I think it's I think it's a shame, uh, but um, it's it's a reality. Well, is it just also, it's always easier for network executives and developers just to see something. They, they need a tangible yeah. property in front of their face. It's to- a brilliant pitch, right? I mean, uh, if you come in with something that is successful and artistic on its own merits and is very good, and you say, we want to turn this into a TV show um, or a limited series, well, that's a great, there's a... It's a real thing. It's a, yeah. I'm holding up a book. <laughs> well, that was it's even a, it's a, it's a, that book looks great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that even was the case with Bones. Yes, kind of coming out of a book. Sure. Although, if you series. if um, Bones was not based on a book, um, uh, it's I'm 
Bones was based on a, what Barry had, Barry Josephson had, was a documentary about Kathy Reichs, who wrote the Bones books, if, you can, if you're sticking with me on that. Yeah. So that's what we had the right to, not the books. And um, so basically a job. Um, if you read the Kathy Reichs' excellent Bones books, they feature Temperance Brennan. But they're not. They're in an alternate universe from a completely yeah. different. Uh, there's no crossover except for the name. And um, Kathy had said to me, um, uh, "Can we use um, my heroine's name in the series?" And I thought, "Well, sure. Why not?" Um, and so in the in the series, we had Temperance Brennan writing books featuring a character named Kathy Reichs. When in real life, it was Kathy Reichs uh, writing a series of books about. Um, uh, Temperance Brennan, but the fact that Kathy exists and that documentary was out there and there were books um, uh, it made made the sale yeah. easier. Is that why the show originally was going to be called Brennan to yes. kind of keep the separation from yes. the books? That's that's exactly right. Yeah, and then uh, we had it was first it was called Poems, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then that was rejected, and then Brennan was okay for a while, and then we had I'm going to say 25 um, titles like. Uh, Skeleton crew. Uh, <laughs> anything you can think of with bones and skeletons. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, there's a bunch of them. And, yeah. um, and then eventually we got... Uh, they said, well, why is it called Bones if it's just about bones? And I said, well, her nickname is Bones. And they went, well, let's call it... He calls her Bones. So then then they were okay with it. Yeah. And the rest I is history. I feel like that was a little bit of a boring story. No, it's a good you story. You got us. I you, love, you, you hooked us in the I end. I love that story. We like it. What shows are you watching now that you're liking... This is one of those things where my I warned you that my my mind goes completely blank when I oh okay uh, I uh, we watch the crown we is because um, my wife and I have to negotiate to watch things that we'll both watch uh, so uh, she won with the crown and it was fantastic I'm with you on that one it was fantastic did you see the one where the painter and Winston Churchill that's uh, right now that's my favorite scene in television uh, I call it the marigold scene. Mm-hmm. I, it was fantastic. And here, while I'm enthusing about it, here's the thing that amazed me as a maker of TV. Um, the Crown is about a bunch of people who have no real power. They're rich. They're, yeah, lots of them are just drunken fools fooling around. There's no, re- there's no stakes in reality. And they may, and I watched every episode just, for, oh, is this going to work out? Is Philip going to cheat on her? <laughs> know. Was, uh, if, you know exactly what's going to happen and yet yeah. you're captivated. Yes, it was, that, that was uh, excellent work. Um, uh, well, let, let me interrupt you right there okay. because I'm curious as a maker of television when you hear that the Crown's budget was upwards of 15 million dollars an episode does your head explode? My head does explode but here it went in the opposite direction I was watching it and just went I don't know what the language uh, capabilities are on your podcast but I went Jesus <laughs> I'm looking at so much money um, uh, uh, that I went to look up how much the uh, budget was. And, um, and, and I thought, how did the people making this know that it was worth spending this much money on it? Because you didn't have to spend that much money. There's a way to do that at 
of course, a third of the price, two thirds of the price, and the full. And they went. I don't think you could have spent much more money on it. But uh, amazing. But that's also the Netflix of it all. Yeah. Netflix handed them that money and said, "Go make yes. this." And, and I think it would have been a very it. different show where the costumes not that, where the palaces yes. not that, where the locations yeah. not that. Yeah. There was a scene, for example, where um, uh, Eisenhower is going to come to a banquet. So what they show is the palace servants readying the palace for the visit of the uh, President of the United States. There's not a single recognizable character in the in the sequence because the Queen's uh, writing a, a letter in the other room or whatever. She's sitting behind a desk looking firm. And stuff's going on. And, and they... Uh, they spent more than a Bones episode on setting the table <laughs> for Eisenhower, and it was fantastic. I mean, it's really fa- it it the connective tissue is fantastic, but it uh, it blows your mind. How do they decide to spend that much money um, and and hope that something? Because my understanding is, for example, that Marco Polo is also very very expensive, and my understanding is that no one watched it. So what? What made them think the crown? I, I, I'd love to know what they're thinking. So you're pitching to Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> Give me some of that sweet, sweet crown <laughs> cash. Some, some of that crown money. <laughs> yeah, just like flip off. Just, just a couple, couple mil. Don't need the 15. Uh, three, four. I can do it. For, give me five million. Yeah. I'm <laughs> done. Coming soon, but you keep you keep, uh, you keep mentioning that you're just you're done with the twenty two twenty four model. Yes. So so talk about that. Like that's just doesn't appeal to you anymore. Well, there's two reasons. Um, uh, there's three reasons. One is I, I, twenty two to twenty four episodes of TV a year is a good way to make money. I don't really need money. Um, uh, uh, you know, Bones has gone for many many years, so I. I I'm, I'm not struggling to get food on the table. Mm-hmm. So when you remove that, then it's your lifestyle when you're making 22 to 24 episodes of TV a year is kind of wretched. It's um, um, it's a it's a long long work week, um, and uh, you know it, it's a tough go. And then the third reason, and probably the best reason, is that you are making TV at a flat out run. You are doing everything as though you're running as fast as you can run and sometimes it would be nice to stop and think about something uh, consider alternatives have a little bit of time and i know enough people now who have done 10 13 16 episodes a year that that have that and i would like to know if i'm only fast or if i'm also good um i'm 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 fast for a good guy or good for a fast guy, but I, I, I'd like to know if I could just stop. You, you have to make decisions so quickly. And um, uh, without, uh, if someone says this will cost too much, you have to trust your line producer. When they said this will cost too much, um, you might say, tell me why, if you're feeling captious that day but in general you got to trust the people you're working with we can't do this in time there's too many and without going well what what if we instead of delving into it what if we did this because uh, now you start backing up i feel like this is a boring story too but um um it's just i would like to try and do something where uh scripts existed before they were right it's a mythic place is it? Yes, but it happens. I want to try that. You should I know, try it. I mean, I know I, you know, Noah Hawley um, uh, first worked on Bones, and he went off to do Fargo. And he has nice stories of making uh, Fargo, 
It helps that he's a genius, <laughs> but he has nice stories about um, how it goes. Well, the good news, it seems like that's the direction all of TV is going, even the broadcast networks, except for the NCISs and the Chicago shows. Yeah. So everyone's doing 16, yeah. you know, 18 at most, yeah. but there, there's a little more uh, sort of uh, adjustment going on now yeah. in all of TV. At, at 22 episodes, um, if a show is running like a train, which Bones did for several years. At 22 episodes a year, a showrunner gets about three weeks vacation. Um, and you're writing over Christmas, and uh, so you get about three weeks off between the two seasons. If anything goes wrong, and it always does, you lose a week of that or 10 days. Uh, so just your vacation time is... Um, I, I remember uh, Kevin Riley ordered... You know, it was Peter Liguri. We've been through several um, network. Hey, that's, 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 the, the, that's the life cycle. Yeah, <laughs> being on the air for a one while. One of my funniest moments, it was truly funny, was I was feeling sorry for myself. I think it was season five or four. And he said, we want 24. And I, and I uh, you know, stuck out my lower lip and said, I won't have any holiday. If I, I won't have any vacation at all. And I'm tired. And look at my hair is thinning. And I'm so tired. And, he, and great, big, tall, affable Peter Liguori looked at me and said, oh, suck it up, Buttercup. This is network TV. <laughs> and I just had to laugh because he was absolutely right. This is the this is the job you signed up for. So, you know, quit whining. And it's like people would kill for things. Right. Kill for right. At least you weren't actually the show 24 where it was baked into your title. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's a lesson. Don't call your show 24. Do never yeah. do that. All right. Well, unfortunately, we've got to end it there. Oh, thank, thank you God. so much. <laughs> we made it. We, we made, made it. it. We did it. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thanks, it was great nice to talk to you. Good luck with the next, uh, next show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's show. We'll be back next week with another great episode. We've got Nick Vial, star of The Bachelor, on ABC. This has been Remote Controlled, only on Variety. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.